0: Shouldn't I be further along in my life? It feels like I'm doing the same thing day in and day out.
1: How do I go from where I'm at to where I want to be?
2: There's gotta be something more out there for me. Is it too much of a risk?
0: What are people gonna think? What if I fail?
2: What if I fail?
0: What if I fail? It's time to stop holding back.
2: It's time to stop making excuses.
0: It's time to take a leap time to find that drive, that passion, that fire.
2: It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable.
1: It's time to be at the top of the game. I'm done with being content.
0: Welcome to the Finding Fire Podcast.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 19 of the Finding Fire Podcast. During this episode, we sat down with Aaron, founder of Living in Yellow, Uh, She is a blogger for fashion and lifestyle. In the beginning of this episode, Erin talked about while she's working the 9 to 5 credit union job, she was blogging on the side, really following her kind of side passion. And she was doing this for six years. And throughout these six years, she was monetizing, you know, bit by bit, trying to build that momentum to where Mm -hmm. she was comfortable enough to leave that 9 to 5. And then she finally did it. Talk about patience.
0: Yeah. Yep. And what's cool is that, you know, at that six year mark when she did decide to leave her nine to five um prior to that she went out and she went to a conference where um she listened to somebody else within the same industry who was making some substantial money and aaron didn't even realize what her side hustle could actually be Mm -hmm. and from that conference she walked out of there feeling inspired motivated yeah got some education and went out and made living in yellow what it is today so a super cool story And in Aaron's words, uh, grab a glass of wine, sit back, relax, stay a while and enjoy the episode. Thanks, everyone. All right. So if you're good and you're ready, we can just. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Awesome. So why don't you start out and tell us everything up to your journey leading up to uh, Living in Yellow and then why Mm -hmm. you decided to take a leap into blogging.
2: Yeah, so, okay, 10 years ago is when I started Living in Yellow, but pre the blog, I was working at a credit union, absolutely loved it, like loved the people there, really loved the job, Um, and so I wasn't unhappy in my work, I just have always wanted that, like, something extra for me to pour some, I guess, creative energy into, Um, and I've always just been really intrigued by business, Um, like while I was working at the credit union on the side, I'd be like making business plans for like a macaroni and cheese store, like a winery or something. Like I wanted my own thing. Um, but I just didn't know what it was. And so back, yeah, like in 2010, I guess, 2009, I started reading blogs and I just was really intrigued by this concept of people just sharing about their lives Um, really kind of in this like online diary format where it was this like strangers to me, but I all of a sudden felt really connected to them and their stories. And like, I looked forward to these daily updates of their life. Um, So it was this really new concept to me. And so I was reading this one blog in particular, Little Miss Mama is the name of the blog. And she was just, you know, like posting pictures of like her living room decor and talking about her kids and, um, I noticed, so she was sharing her life, but I also noticed she was monetizing on the side of the blog through ads and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like this has to be making some money for her. So it is a business in some way, but it feels really personable. And, um, so I like told my sh- or my Sean, my husband one evening at like the kitchen counter, I was like, Hey, there's these things called blogs and, um they're just like online diaries but i think you could maybe like make some money from it and maybe i should try it and i had no experience like writing taking photos nothing i knew nothing and so he's like okay well for it to be a business you have to have an audience so like good luck you know <laughs> not that he doesn't support me but he's also a realist yeah. so i was like okay challenge accepted um and so it was february 1st of 2010 and uh, it was, so I'm in Indiana and it snowed a ton that day. So work was shut down. And so I'm just this like bored girl at home, not knowing what to do. And I was like, you know what, maybe today I'll just like start a blog. Um, so I went to, at that time it was blogspot.com and like, uh, was sitting there trying to come up with a name for the blog. Cause I hadn't given any thought to it prior to this morning of what my blog would be. Um, and so I see this yellow sweater just hanging in the closet that of the room I was sitting in and the sweater caught my eye and I was like, Hey, like yellow. I always turn to yellow when it's a gray day here in Indiana or I'm just feeling blot. I know I'm going to need a pick me up. So I was just like thinking about how like yellow is that color I turn to, to like live intentionally with joy. So I came up with living in yellow, which really just means like living with joy, um, which is something I've always tried to infuse on the blog is just this like positive spirit and energy. Um, So yeah, on February 1st, 2010, I created Living in Yellow. I think I bought like a $10 template on Etsy or something. I don't know. um, And had a design and hit publish on my first blog post. And that was the start. So yeah, that's how it began.
0: That's awesome. And I think like you think of like sunshine and... yes happiness in general, just
2: happiness. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, kind of when I started the blog, I was like, okay, I really want just the space to be like somewhere where somebody can come and they're going to walk away from it feeling hopefully better than when they showed up. So I always wanted to have like humor and just like I said, a positive kind of vibe going on there. So that was always my goal from day one. So, so yeah, that's living in yellow and how it started.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. How long did you blog before you one realized you yourself could start monetizing and then took the leap to walk away from your nine to five?
2: Okay. So there's like a lot of time that passes in between those two questions. So I realized pretty early on, fortunately that i felt like I had the potential to be able to monetize. So I started in February and I remember I had a goal of um, having 200 followers by June. And so I was like, when I have 200 followers, I can start monetizing. And when I say start monetizing, it was like $5 for like a little ad space on my blog. So it was like $5 if you put an ad on my blog, $10 if you want to do a guest post. So I was like stoked when I hit 200 followers and I put it out there and I made like 30 bucks for the month. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a business, (laughs) you know? So um, I kind of kept with that model, I would say for like a year. And then within the year, I was starting to be able to work with like some brands, maybe smaller brands, but that were willing to pay a hundred dollars for a post. Um, and so I kind of just stayed in this, um, I guess, like spot for a few years where I was making, I mean, every year would pass and I was starting to make a little more money and a little more money um, to where it was like, okay, that's like a nice, a nice like side gig not going to replace my, you know, main income, which was fine because I was still like not in a spot where I even wanted to leave the credit union. Um, and so it wasn't until like 2016, uh, so six years of blogging, I'm just like doing this. I'm blogging every day. I am bringing in money. It's nothing to like write home about, but I was still proud of it. Um, so in 2016, I went to this conference for like bloggers and just online creative businesses called Alt Summit. And I was sitting there listening to a speaker on the stage who had, she had been in the, like the blogging space for a few years and she was talking about her team. And I just sat there and I was like, holy crap, this woman has like done enough to where she can hire employees to be able to work for her blog. Like, that is so cool. And so I remember leaving the session, I was like, whoa, like, why have I never had, like, the true grasp of, like, this could be big if I, like, wanted it to be, you know, like, I felt like for years, I was just, like, settling with, like, this is good, but I never thought, like, oh, I could make six or seven figures from this, you know? So it was, like, as soon as I walked out of that thing, that class seminar whatever I was like I'm gonna do that like I'm gonna build a business where I'm hiring people and I'm like making like adult woman income you know like something that like I, I want to be proud of and so um, it was in 2016 where I decided like oh I'm gonna experiment with affiliate marketing um, so it was a revenue source I hadn't tried before um, up until that point I had just been working through, like brand sponsorships and ads that ran on my blog, but I hadn't done much with affiliate marketing. And I don't know if you guys know what that is. Um, But essentially, it's where I'm just able to share items that I'm purchasing or wearing and loving um, via like a commissionable link. So if I post it, and somebody clicks on it, and they purchase it, then I would get a small commission from that company. So I had seen like others being successful with it. I didn't understand how they were being successful with it, but I was like, I'm going to try it. Um, so I bought a pair of shoes intentionally to like share. Like I love the shoes, but I was like, I'm going to buy them. and I'm going to see how my audience responds to this one pair of shoes. Um, they were like a hundred dollars, which for me at the time was a lot of money to spend on shoes. I had not been buying a hundred dollars, you know, dollars worth of shoes before. So my husband was like, what are you doing? I'm like, just trust me. I'm just going to try this. Um, and so I posted the shoes and a lot of people in my community bought the shoes. Um, so like it quickly paid for my investment of the shoes. So i was like, okay, well that kind of worked. I'm going to keep shopping and I'm going to keep sharing. Um, and so that's kind of what started, the whole affiliate journey. Um, I don't know how much you want me to go here, but basically it was when I started sharing my outfits um, because I guess I should say this, sorry. When I started Living in Yellow, it was very like online diary. It wasn't like a niche blog to fashion or food or it was just like anything. Um, So I never focused in one area before, this. Um, And so when I started sharing more clothing, I was just learning more and more. She's really responding to this when I do that. So I'm going to keep doing more of this um, because I'm enjoying it and she's responding. So why not?
1: Um,
2: And so I started posting to my Facebook page for Living in Yellow that I had started back in 2010, but like never put any energy into. Um, so I think like six years in, I had 5,000 Facebook followers. So that was in 2016. I was like, well, okay, back up. So I also had an Instagram account.
0: Um,
2: and at that time, and still is the popular thing to do is for a lot of these fashion bloggers to post their photos on Instagram. And then there's certain apps that women can use to shop that photo and so I started trying that in 2016 and my audience just wasn't loving that they had to have this other app and then check their email to get the links. Um, it just didn't seem that intuitive, I guess, yeah. to my audience. They wanted like a quick, like, just give me the link, you know? Yep. So I was like, okay, how can I do this? <laughs> Wise decision. I was like, okay, just... Email me and I'll email you links, which was so stupid because A, I hate email and B, like, as soon as you start getting tons of emails, you're over it, you know, so quickly, I was like, that's not going to work. So then I thought, oh, Facebook, you can actually post like links that people can click on because Instagram, unfortunately, you can't really, you know, So I started posting on Facebook and I would just tell people on Instagram, like, hey, go over to my Facebook page, Living in Yellow. It's there. It's easy. Um, So in 2016, it went from 5,000 followers to 100,000 followers pretty quick um, from a just like directing my audience there. But also I started to get really good at like Facebook ads and boosting um, and targeting audiences. So I was able to Grow that pretty quickly, um, which has now turned into there's over 600,000 women on our Facebook page that come to just like shop the daily outfits and deals that we post. So, yeah, it's really taken on a life of its own, but that's kind of the backstory
1: in a lot of words. (laughs) Yeah, no, I bet a lot of people don't know the story, which is cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, If we can go back just a little bit, when you left that conference, You talk a little bit about how you just like kept that motivation. I know, like some of the conferences I've gone, Mm. you leave that conference, you go back to your workplace, yeah, right. I'm gonna do this, and then right fizzles off at the end. I know I'm guilty. Yeah, how did you? Oh, totally. Like, yeah, I this that conference that speaker really right me, and I kept that fire going. Of
2: yeah. That's a good question because I think it's easy to fall victim to that. Like you go to the conference, you're on the high. And then 10 days later, you totally forget anything you took in. Um, I think for me, it was just like, I I came home and I took action like immediately. And for me, action was like trying this whole affiliate marketing. So I like ordered the shoes, saw the result. And then when you see a good result, you want to keep acting. So I think for me, because I decided to like, at the conference i kind of had formulated like okay i'm going to try this new revenue source when i get home so i went home and i just like tried it immediately um and because i saw success in it i had that like drive and motivation to keep going um obviously if i would have say this could have gone totally differently i could have bought the shoes posted the shoes nobody bought them i would have lost motivation probably quickly um but fortunately it went the other way um so yeah I guess I would just say I I came home and I like took action immediately on one tangible like thing that I could do you know
1: good tip yeah I just think yeah you can go back home and think about it and talk about oh yeah it and then it just like, yes
2: right And I'm the queen of just like, I want to think about it, you know, like I want to, I like you come home and you're like, okay, I have like 30 thoughts. I need to process them all and make like figure out which one, but I have found (laughs) where my success has come from is like when you just act, you know, like, um, yeah. So I guess. That's how I stayed motivated, stayed motivated, by just doing the thing I wanted to do and keep doing that thing.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So you had mentioned kind of overcoming the hurdle with like figuring out how to mm-hmm. links to your clients, your mm-hmm. audience. And I think it's really cool. You didn't really know anything, you know, much about affiliate marketing or like going out and buying the shoes and trying mm-hmm. it and figuring it out. Can you talk about maybe some of the the other hurdles that you've experienced or moments of failure and how you rebound from that?
2: Yeah. So a few things, I mean, like really entering the entire industry I'm in, I, I think I said this earlier, but like, I knew nothing. Like I didn't know how to write a blog post. I didn't know how to upload photos. Like I knew nothing. And I think that almost that served as an advantage because it took away that like, I'm not a perfectionist. I never have been, but I think that has worked to my advantages in some cases where like, I don't feel like I have to have it all figured out in order to do it. It's just like, Hey, I'm going to learn as I go. Um, but so I would say like, obviously just not knowing was a hurdle, but also a benefit because it forced me to do the work to figure it out. Um, But other hurdles I've experienced, um, I think just like when you have an online presence with a larger community, you're always open to that like negative feedback and criticism, especially behind a computer. Like there's a lot of (laughs) words that can be spewed without an identity. Um, And so like I know when I experienced that early on, like I really let it like hit me and hurt me and like Forced me to like wrestle with like, do I want this for ever, you know, like, is this something that I'm feeling is worth, you know, dealing with, um, but also I would say another, like one benefit is I have a pretty good way of like reframing negatives to positives and I quickly forget about negative things. So, um, I've had a lot of failures <laughs> and, but when you say that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've had any failures, like, um, which sounds probably ignorant, but like, I just don't hold on to negativity much, um, which has helped with negative criticism. And over the years, I've just learned, like, I saw something the other day and it was like, don't, uh, uh, like don't take criticism from somebody you wouldn't go to advice for and that really struck me as like okay that is so true because i really value the opinions of those that like i love and i know support me but like yeah if i wouldn't go to you for advice i don't know how much i should also value like your critique you know so well, i don't know um but that's been like a lesson i've had to re learn every time a negative comment comes in, you know, there's that part that wants to like latch onto it and focus on it. So that's been a hurdle. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had failures for sure. Like we've tried, okay, actually this is a failure in my hands, this mug. So, um, you don't have to air this stuff, but if you want whatever, I don't care. Uh-huh. So this, this mug says lemon drop. And so, It was a few months ago, I was really like feeling like, Hey, how do we build a stronger community? Like, how do we get these women who are all on our Facebook page to feel like they're actually a part of something because, you know, just like hanging out on a Facebook page where you're just going there to get deals. You don't necessarily feel like you're in community with the other people that are there. So I was like, how can we like really strengthen this community? So our team is like, oh, well, what if we like give them a name? And we kind of like try to like create this whole thing around it and build hype. So we came up with the term lemon drop. So like lemon drops, like uh, so obviously yellow, you know, lemons and Mm -hmm. Whatever. we were like, Oh, that's cute. So we started calling our community lemon drops. Well, our community did not love that. So we put it out like, Hey, guys, we came up with a name, you know, lemon drops, blah, blah, blah. And at first we got like good feedback. So we went, we like ran with that feedback quick. And we're like, we're making mugs. We're making t-shirts. We're making sweatshirts. So we like make all this merch. And then like a month or two after we're like saying lemon drops, we're starting to get this feedback of like, I hate this name. And why are you calling me something childish and all this stuff? And I'm like, oh my gosh, we just invested thousands of dollars into merch that says lemon drops. And now they hate it. (laughs) So this is a failure. We're no, we're not going to sell these. We have like hundreds of them out in the office, but I'm like, you know what? That's just like a something I'm just going to learn is like, that was a failed experiment, but fortunately we can still just like move on and put it behind us. So if you guys need some lemon drop mugs, I have about 500 I could ship you. (laughs) So there you go
0: you just need to mix up a, a lemon drop cocktail and
2: i know exactly yeah i'll serve cocktails all day in those things so so yeah we've definitely had our like moments of like well that didn't work out as we had hoped but um yeah fortunately i've been able to just roll with the punches and keep going so
1: hey everyone quick time out during this podcast here uh, we want to give you an update on this lemon drop uh failure experiment that's Erin just told us about and how her team recently just turned that into a positive. Um, Shortly after this podcast, she emailed us letting us know that they figured out a way to redeem the product and create a give back experience around it. They'll actually be selling the mugs on their website. However, all net proceeds from the Lemon Drop items will be donated to Lemonade Day, an organization that teaches entrepreneurship to youth. So we just want to give you an update. Let's get back to the episode. That's one of the, questions we wanted to ask you is you know what do you what is your superpower oh uh, yeah i feel like would that be one of them like just the way you take negativity or negative feedback, yeah flip it and make yes
2: it. yeah i think do you guys know anything about enneagram stuff are you guys enneagram guys you're giving me blank looks i kind I, of sort of
0: i know of it i know what it is um okay I even inquired on like Going out and taking the test to figure out what I was, but I yeah. haven't that far yet.
2: Oh, well, you should. So many people eat up Enneagram stuff. It's great podcast episodes if you ever need some uh, stuff. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah, so I'm a seven, and this is going to mean nothing to you. But one of our uh, like strengthslash weakness is that um, I definitely do turn like reframe everything somehow into be like a positive situation and just let go of negative emotion Um, which serves me well I think in business um, it doesn't necessarily serve me well in all areas of life but um, yeah I think always being able to kind of look at like here's what happened and here's what we learned and like here's how we can move forward I just don't hold on to setbacks because I guess I don't See the value in, that. like, I, I think there is value in like debriefing and asking yourself the questions of why didn't this work and what can we learn from it. But I don't want to stay there because that's like a really boring place for me to stay. Like, I want to keep moving. Um, and so, yeah. So I would say that. And then I think along the superpower thing of um, what has served me well in business is just like thinking and acting. Um, and not like if I have an idea and I think it's going to be a good one, I'm willing to just put myself out there and see if it's going to work. And if it does amazing. And if it doesn't like, oh, well, I didn't really lose much, you know? Um, so that's my big thing is like, I'm really good at just like acting quickly on ideas. So I would say that's maybe a superpower. I don't overthink things too much
0: progress over perfection.
2: Oh yeah. I tell that to people all the time. Like done is better than perfect. (laughs) So yeah.
0: So one of my questions was um, about consistency and the consistency Mm -hmm. of showing up for your audience. And I went back, I I did a bunch of research. I went back to, as far as I could go back on your archives on the blog, Mm -hmm. uh, February 17th, 2011, you wrote a, a blog about um reading something where it said you have to post every single day and you are gonna do it. Yeah. And so then I got curious. I'm like, huh, I wonder if she's if she's still following through. Yeah. With this. And I went through every single 2020.
2: Uh oh my word. You've been busy. So I guess we put out some content.
0: (laughs) Just a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so definitely consistency has been key for me. And I think that's just like, I think there's a misconception of, um, blogging that like you can do it and like quickly make money. Um, and I'm like, I did not start making a real income for about six years. Um, and that was of me like literally posting every single day. So I've always, yeah somehow have stayed consistent with it. Um, but yeah, so we we don't post every single day on the blog now, but we usually post like, I would say four times a week. But then um, Facebook is our main revenue source. And we post, this is like absurd, but 15 to 20 times a day there every yep. single day. <laughs> so um, yeah, so definitely consistency and just work. Um, I feel like I'm in a content business, right? Like, um, everybody is like waiting for the next piece of content to consume. I guess it's what we do is create content. So we're constantly creating content. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot that gets published.
0: Yeah. That's um,
1: that's super impressive.
2: Yeah. Well, fortunately I have a team now to help with that. So that helps. Yeah.
1: How did you go about building your team? Um, it's kind of one of the things that Matt and I were talking about. Was you know you have this vision. Kind of what was your process? Even after you left the conference, kind of going back to that again. Yeah. That person built their team. Right. Was it like if they have a good heart and they believe in your mm. vision, maybe not the most skilled in social media, but they can learn it type of thing, or was right. it like not looking for this? Yeah. Person, or if somebody's in the position of wanting to start building a team, I guess how did you mm-hmm. go? that? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's a good question. So I hired my first employee in the early, it was like January of 2017 before I even quit my job. Um, So I was still working when I had my first full-time employee, which is kind of funny. Um, But yeah, so I just like, when I left that conference that I just had this like true vision of me sitting around a table of other women that were coming up with ideas together. I felt like I just like kept like visualizing it and like manifesting, like that's going to happen. Like I'm going to have a table of women that's helping me run this business. And so, um, yeah, by the end of 2016, it was to the point where my income was starting to pick up. My workload was picking up and I knew I could use some help. And so I like sat down and I just wrote a list of like, here's all the things that I could use help with right now, like things tasks that need done. But then here's a list of all the things that if I had somebody else, I could possibly do. Um, so like really looking at the opportunity that would be possible if I had this person. And so actually, when I made my first hire, it wasn't really to do any of the tasks that were on my plate, it was like, oh, hey, you're creative and know how to do graphics. And I don't know how to do any of that. And so you would be great here. Um, and that's kind of like, I feel like I've always hired for opportunity. Um, yeah, because I think that there's a lot of people who think you kind of have to have, um, I have to cough, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, Uh, What was I saying? Oh, that like, you already have to like, have the mm, I don't know how to say this properly. Like, the, the maybe re- let's start with resources like I think a lot of people are like well if I had the money to hire then I could hire but I view it as like well if you make the hire then you're gonna have the money like I look for opportunity yeah. before um and some people might think that's like so crazy and really risky but it has served me really well in my business so I kind of stand by it um But yeah, so I, when I was building the team, I was really just like building a team around things that I wanted to do. And I saw that like this person would be able to help us do that. Um, and so I'm so thankful every girl that I've hired has been absolutely amazing. And, um, we work so well as a team. Um, but yeah, so I don't even remember what your question was, but, um, fortunately everybody I've hired has really been attached to our mission at living in yellow, which is just to provide a fun space for girlfriends to gather through real talk and attainable fashion. Um, but every, I feel like woman I've hired has like believed in that mission of like, we're here to serve these women in a positive way. Um, and it's worked out really well, and we've been able to accomplish a lot more than I would have ever been able to accomplish on my own. So, um, so yeah, I've always just like hired for opportunity. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's an awesome point. I think such a mind shift too. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like oh, I can't hire this person because no. I can't, like what you said, I can't afford it. But
2: right, yeah.
1: Person, what they can do for me and the revenue that they can bring in, and how they can right the community. Oh and, yeah, and customers. And,
2: yeah. When yeah. I hired, so in 2017, I hired, um, three, so I had no employees. And then in the first year of hiring, I hired three full-time people and we oh. increased our revenue to like by 500% or more something crazy. But, um, so yeah, it's definitely investing in my business has paid off in big ways.
0: So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to go back to that first pair of shoes that you bought.
2: Yeah. Would you like a pair? I'll send you a link.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when you bought those shoes, I want to talk about like building relationships with your Mm. brands and the company. How did you go about, you know, obviously starting small, you bought the pair of shoes. How did Mm -hmm. you go about, you know, getting a link to then be able to send out and how did you then go, as you've progressed through this journey, how have you built relationships with bigger brands like Nordstrom's, Express?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's a great question. So every okay, so two things. Um, one, there is, there's a few different affiliate um, companies that you can work with, and so in our industry. Um, I've chosen to work with, it's called ShopStyle, but they're like an influencer marketing agency. Um, And so essentially like almost any link that we put out there is produced through ShopStyle. But so there's thousands of brands that are signed up on their network um, that allow us to turn just like a regular URL into a uh, affiliate link. Um, And so really how I've built my... Uh, relationships with brands is that I would just choose to buy an item from say Nordstrom um, because they've been a great partner with us. So I would just shop Nordstrom a lot. Um, So I was, you know, putting my own money into like the products that I really loved and thought my audience would love. And by doing that and posting about them, all of a sudden Nordstrom starting to notice like why did we just sell 300 pairs of those shoes like it would create curiosity in them like what happened there and so it kind of started to send i feel like nordstrom or other brands employees on this hunt of like where did that come from and so fortunately they would find themselves back to our page like oh my gosh living in yellow posted again and we just sold hundreds of that sweater and so um we've just built great brand relationships Organically, from me just shopping those items and posting them, and then them seeing the results of it and being like, "Okay, we want to like have more of this. So, how can we partner now together to do something bigger?" Um, so, yeah, so we've we've launched um, a couple of clothing lines at Nordstrom in collaboration with a brand that exists at Nordstrom, um, Gibson, and it was kind of that situation where the founder of Gibson um it was like why do we why have we sold so many blazers and she found us and she's like oh my gosh we got to talk and so we talked and then uh we started doing these gibson living yellow collaborations that have been sold at nordstrom and then also on gibson's own site but that's how we've built a lot of our relationships with brands is just like just from me choosing to burst it and post it and people have responded well but um alongside that shop style has also done the work to bring us like new brands that we could partner with. Um, And then I have stuff on the team who she also will reach out to brands and keep those relationships alive. So I would say it's through a few avenues, but the most successful avenue has just been organically posting and the brand, like finding out and being like, wow, that's really cool. Let's keep working together, you know? so
0: that's got to feel really great to know that you built it organically you went out and spent Mm -hmm. money and Mm -hmm. like these yeah massive companies came back to you that
2: is yeah yeah it's really cool it's really like a lot cooler but though when it's like a small company and you know it's like they have no like this etsy shop you buy something you post and they're like oh my gosh I just like made my year's worth of salary from that. But Like those things are really cool when you feel like you're having that impact on like a small business owner. And so those are fun to establish as well. But um, yeah, it's been really cool just to like kind of do it organically and see where it's led. So yeah.
1: I think you mentioned this before, um, not on this podcast, but like the, the number of followers you have, can you talk about just their engagement level and how that, how you built your following up organically? Um, I feel like, you know, you buying the clothes with your money and the clothes that you like, Mm -hmm. that audience, like, you know, maybe if you did that vice versa, it may not have worked out like, Oh, I want to buy these for my audience, Mm but I just don't like, yeah. But, um, right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the conversion in your Mm -hmm. And this is how engaged your audience is compared to like, if you had a massive audience, maybe. Right. Yeah.
2: So I think that's just like one thing that has always been important and like a value of mine is just like putting out something that, yes, I really love and I would actually wear because I just feel like, I mean, there's no benefit to us selling something to somebody and them getting it and hating it because a, they'll either return it, which then we don't get commission for. And meanwhile, it's lessening their trust in us. So um, I think from day one of me posting clothes, I was very open about it and it sounds like something small, but just like literally posting the size that I'm wearing and the suggestion for like, hey, this runs big size down um, because it kind of takes that guesswork out of online shopping for them. So I've always been transparent about sizing, um, about the quality. So we have like an Amazon finds and fails Facebook group where we'll just like, we order stuff from Amazon and we're like, hey, this is great. Or like, hey, this really sucks. Do not buy this. So I think keeping that honest conversation going of like, I got this. I wanted to love it. It didn't work, but here it is, you know? And so I think just being transparent in that way has helped build that loyal following where they feel like if they make the purchase, they can trust that it's going to be the quality or the should fit how we say it should fit. Um, so that's helped a lot in creating that converting customer. Um, so I, I should know what our conversion rate is for the year, but, um, it sounds low, but it's probably like two to 3%. I think industry average is 1% in like the influencer industry. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, our followers, I feel like our loyal followers who trust what we say and we don't take that for granted and I don't ever want to, um, risk losing that. So we've had plenty of, I feel like brand partnerships where like the brand is going to pay us a flat fee and we've committed to that partnership of like, okay, yeah, we'll work with you, send us the product, we'll post about it. And then the product arrives and it's like, no, like this is not going to work. And so we have to go back and say like, sorry, take your money back. We're not comfortable with doing this, but um, yeah. So I feel like you just have to keep your customer top of mind all the time so. That's what we've tried to do.
0: That's cool that you are sticking to your authentic self.
2: Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So So
0: I have a question that I think people might be interested in. Yeah. How often does your wardrobe turn over? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I mean, this is like, so for that, but like new packages, like multiple packages arrive every single day. So, I mean, It is constantly changing because it's just like any business, like you invest in your inventory, right? And so like our inventory is clothing. And so I always have to have new clothing to be able to post about um, because our reader does not love when you post and it's out of stock in her size. So it's like we're shopping all the time and it sounds great but it's actually like, it's to the point where it's like, please no more clothes. I don't want to see any more clothes in my closet, but yeah, it's constantly evolving, or changing.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Awesome. yeah.
1: So, so would you say, you know, since you took that leap and started this, would you say mm-hmm. is living in yellow where you thought it would be? Like, is this what you envisioned? Are you, are you living your dream mm-hmm. or is this what you thought it would be? Mm-hmm.
2: I did not think it would be this. It's way better than what I thought. (laughs) So um, I'm so thankful that it is what it is because I never like envisioned it to be at this capacity. I feel like every day I'm still like wrapping my mind around like, this is what this business is. And like, this is what it's doing and it's incredible. And I am so grateful. Um, But yes, I am living my dream. And I think it's just so fun to be in an industry that like you get to write your own rules. So, and this is just for in entrepreneurship in general. Like I love that I get to, control what i'm doing and what my next idea could be and that i have the power to act on that and i don't have to go to anybody else and ask like hey is this possible i just get to make that decision and see if it works so um i love just like entrepreneurship that for that that like every day i wake up and it's like i wonder what opportunity is going to come my way today (laughs) or like what idea could be next um so yeah, I'm definitely, I would say living my dream and I'm so happy for it. So yes. Yeah.
0: So what's, what's next for living in yellow? What can listeners and your followers expect in 2021? Yeah.
2: Well, we have a lot of things in the works. Um, So we, in the last like year or two, which is kind of funny because it's not fashion related at all, but Um, We started manufacturing our own products of planners and gratitude journals, which has been just like a fun, like passion project of mine. Um, So we launched our planners and gratitude journals just recently, the journal. And then um, right now we're working on some like LIY merch where we'll um, sell that on our Shopify site but uh, we are working on our own, like our own clothing brand that's gonna be sold at a major retailer that I can't announce yet, um, but it's launching very soon. And so that's like amazing. We got all the like first sample pieces in and to see your like your label on a piece of clothing that you know is gonna be sold to like thousands of people is really cool. So um, our own clothing brand is in the works. Um, we have a new website, a whole new blog and rebranding site coming. Um, So a whole new look will be coming soon. Um, We're launching, we're calling it an ambassador program, but we're hiring probably five or so additional women to post photos of themselves in clothing on our um, social media channel. So we're really trying to Uh, just expand um, who we're appealing to. So bringing in a more diverse, um, I don't want to say modeling base, but um, just a more diverse group of women so that more women can come to Living in Yellow and feel like I belong here. Um, So we're launching that ambassador program soon and probably some few other fun things in the works, but yeah our own clothing brand being probably the most exciting. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. One more question off of that. You answered part of it that you're starting an ambassador program where other people are going to be wearing your Mm. your clothing, but Mm -hmm. you look out, let's say long-term vision. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Do you think you'll always be in the spotlight posting pictures or do you have Mm. a dream of maybe stepping away and being more of a bigger head within the company you know what I mean
2: yeah I totally yes I've asked myself this a lot um I feel like Living in Yellow is definitely like my baby and like I I am so a part of Living in Yellow the brand um and I definitely think like over the years it, it has shifted because I do have a team now and our community for the most part knows the team like they post pictures of themselves it's not just all me all the time so I feel like We have kind of taken steps towards it being not just like a, I'm the face of it, but like, here's the team. Um, But I don't, at least right now, I don't see a day where I would not be a part of it in a big way. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This has been great, Aaron. Um,
2: Yeah. Thank you guys.
1: Awesome tips and, if you could choose one, I guess, <clears throat> for our listeners mm-hmm. that are thinking about taking a leap or wanting, like they know what their passion is and their dream is, but yeah. they'd be afraid to pursue it. They don't want to leave the nine to five. It's safe. Like right. what you're wanted that you could give them of just taking that leap. And, and yeah.
2: be- Yeah, so like it's so cliche and simple, simple, but like action, like action creates opportunity, right? So like you have to just like jump in and do the thing. And I was thinking about this the other like action creates opportunity, but alongside that, like patience is also so necessary. I feel like in entrepreneurship. So I like I was, I think I wrote something down the other day where it was like action, like. Action creates opportunity and like action over a long period of time creates like a changed life. And so that's just like, do the thing and take the next step, whatever that next step looks like, because nothing's going to change until you just like do it. So that's my big thing. Like stop thinking, start acting. And in 10 years, you'll be so grateful you did. (laughs) So that's my advice.
1: I love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate you agreeing to come on to your first podcast. Yeah,
2: thanks, guys. It was so fun.
0: Was it, uh, is it what you expected?
2: It's better than I expected. No, you guys made it super easy. Um, You guys are great, just conversationalists and chill, low-key, not too intimidating. So thank you guys for being good hosts.